Welcome to the Level Up Podcast, brought to you by Century 21, the Harrelson Group, featuring masterminds with real estate leaders, coaches, and influencers, plus eye-opening strategy sessions with up-and-coming agents. You'll learn exactly how to go from agent to entrepreneur. And now, let's get to the latest episode of Level Up. Hey, welcome back, everybody, to another episode of the Level Up Podcast, where we're talking with guests who have gone from agent to entrepreneur with the goal of giving you the pieces to kind of bridge the gap between what it takes to start from a brand new agent to become a business person. I know you guys are going to get a ton of value out of today's guest. We have Mr. Dave Finale out of New Jersey. Welcome, Dave. Thank you for hopping on the podcast. Are oh, you welcome? Thank you so much for having me. It's an honor. Yeah, and so I know um, you know a lot of people, especially in, in this side of the country. Obviously, we're both on the East Coast, or have heard of you and, and know about uh, Real Estate Skill Builder, which is your company. But for those that may not know about you yet, can you just kind of give us an idea of you've been a broker owner, you've been a producer, you've been a, a developer, you've run the gamut in the real estate industry and beyond. Just kind of give us an idea of your background and on how you ended up where you are today. Sure. Um, so, you know, we can go way back to the 1970s. And, and I didn't mention this before, but I was first licensed in 1976. And I think I was two years old at that time, just a joke. Um, but uh, I got first licensed there. I worked in, I went to Rutgers College in, uh, in New Brunswick, New Jersey. And uh, I worked summers selling real estate. That's where I learned. And I learned all about working with your friends because my two bosses, my two brokers, they just work with the people they know. And, you know, the training I got was great. It was when the phone rings, answer it. Uh, and that was it. That was my yep. training, right? Um, fast forward, I graduated, didn't have a job. I started working with my dad, who was a dentist, but he had a lot of real estate. So I worked for him for a while, got a real job, then came a couple years later, worked for him. We built houses, mixed-use buildings. I managed them. I was superintendent at one of the huge buildings. Um, I did anything and everything, along with running a lumber yard and a liquor store at times um, for my family, family businesses, right? Um, and that went through and that always worked out. And, and, and at one time I was running a lumberyard, a liquor store, my Century 21 business, as well as property management business for all of our properties through Northern New Jersey. Um, so in 96, I, uh, I got involved with Century 21 UDN Realty, which is my company for 21 years. So that uh, two and a half years ago or so, because I wanted to work with people that wanted to work. My objective was to work with with really agents that were, 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 were either new or part-time or struggling a bit that weren't getting the, 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 um, the attention and the support that they needed from whoever they were working with. And I'm not saying broker, manager, whatever, it's, or maybe they didn't take it. You know as well as I do that a lot of people want to go outside to get the information. Yeah. Long story short, uh, I, I, I started this business called Real Estate Skill Builder because I wanted to build people's skills. And, you know, uh, training is teaching skills. Coaching is enhancing skills. Mm-hmm. So with Skill Builder, I believe I'm doing both. And that's, and that's what I'm doing. I work with part-time agents, new agents, and experienced agents to get them to the next level. Got it. Yeah, I think that what you said right there at the end is a really good differentiation that I think people, the term is used interchangeably in this industry all the time, training and coaching. And there is a huge difference. We're in the era now, it doesn't matter the industry, everybody seems to be a coach. And the thing that I, that's interesting is usually the coaches, if you actually dig in, they really haven't a lot of times done a whole lot. And 
the, the actual stuff that they're coaching on. Now, you just mentioned about 10 different things you did within the industry. So you came in, it sounds like really with the experience of running a business, you mentioned something earlier that I think is that if you can, if you can elaborate a little bit on what was the biggest surprise to you when you got into the real estate general brokerage and started working with all these agents? So the, the, the interesting thing is that I learned how to be an agent uh, really early uh, in my, in my career, right? I was in, I was, probably I was 18 when I first got my license, 19 and uh, started working when I was 20 and 21 in my summers of college. And uh, I went through that a little bit and, and um, I did, I did okay for myself. I did, I did well for myself. Right. In those, those years. And when I fast forward purchasing that business and buying that business, my objective was to run it like a business. Right. I knew the numbers. I knew how they were going to work. And it made a lot of sense to me. However, I wasn't working with business people. Mm. I was working with real estate agents who had uh, what we like to call an employee mindset, but wanted to be the entrepreneur. The, the difficulty today that I see, and still today, right? Um, I see that a lot, most agents have the employee mindset, and but they want the investor or the entrepreneurial check. Yep. Okay. I see it. I saw it in my office. I saw it in my company, in my offices. I see it today in the group I work with now where everybody wants to say in what's going on, but nobody's doing the investing of, of actually building the systems, you know, like you guys do at the Harrelson group. I mean, you guys are building systems and putting it together for the benefit of your company, right. which includes agents. And I believe we want them to be more entrepreneurial to think more for themselves than for us to hold hands. Mm-hmm. Would you agree with that or, 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 or yeah. So the, and I was going to, I was going to say that for the employee that comes in and they're, they're used to just doing everything, just tell me what to do. And I do it. Then it's amazing when they get into the real estate business, they get in the industry and they've got all this in front of them. And if they just did half of what they're, what they have as, as things laid out for them, they could have everything they wanted but now it's that it's that independent contractor or that mindset that comes in and says, well, no, nobody can tell me what to do. Or you know what? I can write my own schedule. And I got into this for the freedom, which all of those things happen after a whole lot of discipline in doing, like you said, setting up systems and actually becoming a business person. So if somebody's out there saying, I think this sounds like me, then what do you think? what do you think is that difference between somebody that comes in and thinks like an employee and someone that comes in and thinks like a business owner? Well, the difference is, is that, you know, it's, you know, you hear this so often, it's, it's really mindset. Okay. It's, it's mindset. When you have a nine to five job, I'm just going to use that as, a, as the expression nine to five, you actually go into work. What people don't understand these days, and I think it's pretty funny is you don't get there at nine, you get there before nine, you start at nine. Right. Something my dad always taught me. If you're going to start at nine, you get there quarter to nine. You're going to, if you're done at five, you clean up after five. Mm-hmm. Right. What you're doing. Anyway, the thing is that they, in the nine to five job, I mean, they're going to have a manager or somebody telling them what to do and expecting certain performances. You know, it's like, it's like my, 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 my two daughters work for large corporations, very large corporations, and they know what's expected of them, yeah. even working at home now. You know, my daughter says, says, I need to make sure every day that I'm productive with my job, yeah. right? 
Uh, and she's been fortunate to be able to keep her job through this whole thing, not because she, she didn't need to, but because they kept her anyway. So the point is, is that as, an, as you said it, you can set your own hours, right? People say we can make as much money as we want. Well, if you look at the statistics, man, you're going to see that most people don't want to work and they don't want to make any money because 80% of the agents are doing two deals or less. Yep. How do you live on two deals? I don't know. Yep. Unless you're selling, you know, two, $3 million homes, then you can live on it. But mm-hmm. that's not the case throughout the country, right? There are 1.5 million realtors in this country. And um, I'm going to tell you that probably 900,000 of them don't do anything. Mm-hmm. You know, so the difference is mindset. And how, where does that all start from? It starts from how you get up in the morning. For me, every day I knew work ethic was important. I knew that. And I'm not saying people don't have it. I'm saying they may have forgotten it. And we may have gotten a little bit lackadaisical. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that's that's an issue in our business where we're so interested in having people do stuff for us and we don't know how to do it ourselves. And you know what? I want to be the guy that asks the dumbest question in the room. Yeah. You know why? Because there's if there's 100 people in that room, 90 people want to ask the same question. Yep. And then, then, then you become the most popular guy in the room. Mm-hmm. Right? So that said, people talk about building a foundation. We forgot something. The first thing we build when we build a house is what? Foundation, the pad, the basement. The first thing is a footing. It's what the foundation sits on. So with my programs, what I do is I build a footing of mindset, ritual in the morning to get started. A lot of people, I mean, I, mean, I, I know that Greg probably gets up and just goes right to work and does things. I know there's other guys out there that are doing really well and crushing it. You know, they don't worry about having a, a gratitude journal, about, but a lot of us need that. Mm-hmm. So basically, you need to build a base before you can start building your business. You know what I mean? Yep. Yeah, for sure. So you obviously, I mean, you came, the, the work ethic showed up when you showed up because of, of your background. If right now, the entrepreneur that's saying, all right, I, I've, I've got to build something out of this. And I've got all these challenges in front of me because the last 90 days have been somewhat challenging mindset wise, which is what you talk about. Um, where do you, where do you, how are you coaching those people? Because mindset is one of those things where most people don't show up. Our, our minds aren't, they're not programmed to, to do this for us. This is something we actually have to take control of. So what are two or the three things uh, that, you're, that you're actually coaching your people to, to do to be productive, to show up and, and actually go and get what they deserve? Well, I tell you what, that, that's such a great, great question because I have to, I have to um, give, uh, give props to my coach, Jason Nyback, for coming up with something in the very beginning to talk to us all about is all of his, all of his coaching clients about what to do during this stuff. And there's something called the Stockdale principle, which is in a book called good to great. You may have heard of it. Mm -hmm. Um, It's like around page 85, 86, 87. It's only a page and a half or two pages. Admiral Stockdale, uh, prisoner of war, also a vice presidential candidate many years ago, um, was a prisoner of war in Vietnam for seven years. And after many years afterwards, he was being interviewed and one of the questions we asked him was, who didn't make it out? Seven years, he was a POW. And he said, the optimists. 
And he goes, the opt- somebody goes, the optimists? What do you mean? Well, here's the thing. We decided that we needed to live day by day, not say we'll be out by Christmas because Christmas would come, Christmas would come, and then we wouldn't be out. Mm. Be out by Easter. Easter would come. We'd be out by July 4th. July 4th would come. Thanksgiving would come. Christmas would come again. The ones with the bad mindset didn't make it out. So what we have to do to change that, and the Stockdale principle just basically says one thing. You have to deal with the brutal facts in front of you at the moment of that day. And that's what they did every day. They dealt with the facts in front of them to move forward with their lives, in this case, our business. What does that mean? Here we are, we're sheltered in place or quarantined or whatever you want to say. What do we have to do today to forward our business? So what we do then is we talk about, okay, we need to contact everybody we know, tell them we're thinking about them, see if we, they have any needs, and nothing to do with real estate. That's how yeah. we started. As we move forward, okay, so what do we got to do? What's not going to work for this style of business that we have to do today? For sale by owners, think about it. How many people during our quarantine want to actually go visit a for sale by owner? None. Yeah. So you could actually say that for sale by owners don't exist anymore. Mm-hmm. I mean, they're there, but they're never going to sell. So as a real estate professional, I'm going to call them up and ask them, you know, what they're doing today. How many people are coming to see their homes? I know what the answer is, right? The answer is zero. How can I help you? I have a list of homes I'm giving to my buyers. Would you like to be on that list? That's one of the things you can say to them to get them to go. I learned that from one of my great coaches, Sekou Pyle, right? So, you know, it, it, it's a matter of, of being, of, of coming from a place of, of, um, uh, of um, oh, what's the word? Uh, contribution. Mm-hmm. Uh, enable, it, it, enabling everybody to see that, hey, you know what? I'm not out for the dollar. I want to help you. And mm-hmm. this is how I can help you. I'm not looking for your listing. I'd like to take your house and give it to people I'm working with as buyers. Because let's face it, anybody going out looking at houses over the last 12 weeks was serious. Yeah. It was very serious. People say, well, should I put my home on the market at Christmas time, holidays? Yeah, because the people out there looking are serious. This was more serious, if you can imagine, right? Yep. So we talked about, we talked about doing things differently, being prepared as to what to say and how to say it, and changing the script, flipping the script, changing it around by talking to people in a different, in a way they should be talking yeah. as a, as, as a consultative speaker, as a friend first, even though you don't know them, yeah. you know, but you have to practice it. You have to prepare for it. And then of course, all of the virtual stuff, you know, we were doing, we're doing, we're doing virtual, virtual walkthroughs anywhere from one to three times a day. We work with our students to do that. Um, and that's virtual walkthroughs on any home. Yeah. So, and that's what we've been doing. You, you had mentioned that uh, when we were talking before that you had been, you know, been coaching in, in kind of uh, shouting from the rooftops, the importance of the virtual business. It's interesting because the last 60, 90 days, I think back like presentations that I've done in the last 60 to 90 days to people who, if it would have been November of 2019 and I would have brought up, Hey, I can either come over 
and sit down and talk with you, or I can get this zoom meeting together and we can do this virtually. How many people have been like, Oh man, I can't get on that. I don't know any about that technology. And these same people are like, Hey, can you connect me with a zoom? And there may be from a generation who typically is like totally resistance to that. But now we were all forced to grow with the technology. And so if the agent hasn't changed, you have just gotten left behind in 90 days. Very simple. Very, 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 very true. Very true. I mean, look, there's, there's several different kinds of agents. There's four different kinds of agents out there today. One, there's the top agent that's really working through it and knew what to do to begin with. There's the other agent that has really, really worked really hard and learned it and built it. There's the other agent that's, you know, they stuck their head in the sand and there's a lot of those, right. Who are doing really well. Might've been doing really good before. Right. And then the last one are the ones that say, you know what? I'm taking off until it's done and I'll pick it up when I go. Cause I've Man, got a great database. That's so if true. you have a great database, you might be able to get away with it. Right. I doubt it though. Yeah. Right. And, and, and for five years, I believe it's been that I started talking about using zoom. It was when zoom first came out. Um, I worked with a coach back then and actually I'm going to be talking to him today. Grant wise. I talked that worked with him and everything was over zoom. We did not do any call that was not over zoom. Um, and basically it was, this is what it was. And this is how I started doing it. I said, okay, so, you know, well, I can't get him into the office. We're going to go meet at the first house. I'm going to talk to him there. Hey, just do a zoom call with him. Yeah. You know, I remember, I remember three or four years ago having a conversation with a newer agent about, you know, virtual house hunting. Well, what do you mean? What's that Dave? I says, well, what you do is you get all their homes and you go take a quick video of them. And you upload them so they can see them. So instead of showing them 10 houses on Saturday, they're going to pick three of the ones they liked. Mm -hmm. You're going to save them time. You're going to save yourself time. And you know what? Instead of showing 10 houses from nine to nine on Saturday, you're going to show three from 10 to 11. Yeah. Right. So the same thing. So that day he says, well, what do you, I said, what are you going to do the rest of the day? He says, well, I got to get a list of homes together to, to show my clients for Saturday. I said, really? Yeah. They gave me eight homes they wanted to see. I said, why don't you go do the videos? Yeah, no, I don't know. I, I said, you just said you loved it. Go do it. Mm-hmm. People, I mean, and this was a younger guy. So, yeah. I mean, we've been doing this for years, but, you know, now it's like a necessity. Yeah, it really is. It's like, you know, you everybody knows you have to be a really good communicator in sales, in real estate, whatever it is. You got to be a really good communicator right. verbally. And, right. and I'm sitting down at the kitchen table. I better be able to connect with you, nonverbals, be able to communicate really effectively with that. And we know over the phone, we got a lot of business we're doing over the phone and we better be able to do that well. And right. in text and email, we know that. But, but the lost, well, not the lost art, the art that hasn't been discovered except for the people that are really making gains is how do I connect with you through this video and I can then ratchet up our, our level of connection before five other agents get in there who are just, still just calling and texting and saying, hey, I'll see you on Tuesday. But I sent this little extra that now they're going, wow, I'm connected with them. It's just human. It's just human connection. So, so the whole basis behind my company, Real Estate Skill Builder, is we believe, I believe in the art of differentiation, right? So basically the art of differentiation, the way I look at it is through the art of differentiation, we teach agents simple systems through, with utilizing modern tools to achieve great success in a real estate business. It's really simple. I mean, the systems are simple. It's just doing what other agents refuse to do. Yeah. That's really what being different is, uh, you know, be different, not better because actually different is better. 
plain and simple. It yeah. really is getting noticed, right? So, so you know, the whole idea is to do different things. And um, you know, if anybody wants to look me up on Facebook and look at a post I did yesterday, um, it was amazing because I had about fifty-eight comments, and I've messaged all of them individually, and the responses I've got have been amazing. Um, and uh, <clears throat> for me as a real estate coach. I'm going to get different types of responses. They're all going to be real estate agents. But for anybody who looks at that post, uh, and I'm not going to tell you what it is, let people go there, but uh, it did really, really well. And I'm getting really great uh, um, engagement with it. And it was just something I did differently that I learned from an agent down your way. Yeah. And, and expand on that a little bit and, and maybe a couple other points, because that was one of the things that I, I wrote down. And here's why I wrote down what I saw on your website, which was the, the art of differentiation. The consumer six months ago, everybody's been in, well, let's just call it, it was a strong, good market, like th- which we know when that happens, we're in a strong market, a lot of demand, buyers are happy, sellers are happy. Then the skill level of the agent, the, what the, the seller demands or what the buyer demands is very low because the confidence in the market is very high. When confidence in the market's high, the skill level needed by the agent to be able to convert them is low. It's kind of like show up, make sure you stay in touch, and you you can grab that person and do a deal. Then over the course of about 60 days, the confidence level in the market went, now it's starting to come back. But in that time period, my hallucination, and I'll see if you agree, is that the, the, um, the consumer is now back to demanding a high level of skill with their agents. So if that agent has spent the last 60 days not working on those new skills, then they're probably going to be a little bit out of luck. They're going to find themselves behind the eight ball. So what in, in that's the art of differentiation. So what are a couple of things that maybe you could share with us? So, so the important part is not only to do things differently, but you need to do it in a lot of ways and we can, and you can use social media, a lot of it. I mean, look, Here's the thing. I have a program out there called this SOI method, which is now under reconstruction. And b- before we were doing, we'll teach you how to do it the old ways, the new ways. And now we're going to add one more, the post COVID ways, right? Mm-hmm. To work with your sphere of influence. Any new agent, any part-time agent, and even experienced agent, because I find that most experienced agents that aren't doing a lot of referral business have let their database slip or they never had one. Mm -hmm. Right. Oh yeah. I talk to my past customers once a year. Good for you. How's your business? Right. So the, 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 through the art of differentiation, what we're doing is we're taking the, the other systems that we have, you know, we're looking at, we're looking at many, many pillars of business, sphere of influence, sale by owners, expires, circle prospecting, withdrawn, open houses, social media. We're looking at all those things and they all need to work together. And they all work together by our communication process and what we do. Let's just talk about social really quick. If people think that posting, making posts is what social media connection engagement is all about, they're wrong. There's a lot more to social media than just throwing a post out there. And no, the next part is not just an ad. Anybody can do an ad. If you don't know how to do an ad, you're going to say Facebook ads suck, right? They don't suck if you know what you're doing. Also, if you know how to target, and I have specific target sheets that, that actually teach you how to target specific people like buyers and sellers. And not every business is the same. 
So if you were in a business before and you were able to target for, I don't know, you sold T-shirts and you could target for T-shirts, the same targeting is not going to work for a buyer. Mm-hmm. Targeting is different. Your, your key performance indicators and, and all of that stuff is so different. Um, I alone, you know, I, I mean, I, I'll go on a call today with my coach just to talk about what I'm doing with my business. And I thought I was really good at Facebook ads. I am for real estate, not for, not for entrepreneurs. I'm learning, right? And we all have to learn. So when you talk about the art of differentiation, working and building a business, it's got to be everything that's available to you. And you can, you can imagine it's get good at one really good social media first. That's got to be Facebook to start. Then Instagram, then YouTube. You've got to do video. Video want to see the people want to see video. And here's the, here's the thing that people don't understand. You don't always have to be in on camera. You can do 80% of your video without being on camera and still get your point across and still show that you're doing video. I have friends of mine that do video that they're rarely on camera and they're crushing it, mm-hmm. you know? And, and, and the, I mean, it depends on where you are and how you want to build it through social media but you need to interact and the human element is extremely important. Yeah. So that's really, that's really where it all comes together. Got it. Got it. Um, so as we, as we're getting kind of close on, on time here in the next couple of minutes, there's one thing that I definitely, I want to make sure that we cover. And so Greg and I, as, as you probably know, we love new licensees because we figured out a system to bring people. I mean, that's what this podcast is about agent right. to entrepreneur. So right. we, you've got, a good handle on what you're doing with new licensees, but something that's really interesting to me is you actually are focusing on some training programs for part-time agents. And I think that there's going to be some things that the, that I'd like to hear a little bit more about that and give me an idea. One, why? Because I think you being an owner broker for 20 plus years, you know, that might not be your most profitable agent out there. So I know there's something beyond that. And then two, what are you, what are you doing knowing 50%, you know, washout rate in the first 18 months, I think, or more Then how are you, how are you supporting somebody that comes in and says, I want to do this, but, but I, I want to do it part-time. I, I don't, I can't do it full-time. So, so we'll go back a little historically. When I was a, a broker owner, uh, I had, I had, I think a month where I had like five or six or seven ages want to join me that were part-time. And I said, Oh no. <laughs> Right. Because, because they take a lot of time because, you know, run and loaded, you know what I'm working, I'm working seven to seven easy in the office. And then they want to come in at seven o'clock. So what I did was I set up a special program for them. And I said, look, we're going to do one night a week and Saturday mornings. Okay. You need to show up first, first Saturday. I had three out of five show up. Hmm. Okay. Next, the, the, the midweek, I had two people show up. Then the sixth Saturday was one person. After three weeks, I said, you know what? We're done. If you're not going to be serious about it, oh, yeah, I'm going to. And then, of course, you don't see them for six weeks. They come in and they, they got a deal that's all wrong. And yeah. it's like it's got a lawsuit written all Liability, over it. Yeah, yeah. Right? So I said, okay. When I, when I got out, and that was one of the things I wanted to work with people that want to work with. But I realized that. Number one, you know, there's people out there that truly, truly want to get into this business because they, they either either hate what they're doing now as a full-time job or they love what they're doing and just love houses, 
right? That's true. It sounds funny, yeah. but it's true. Yep. So the the basis of our of, of our process and our program is that it's a it's a commitment based program. And what I mean by that is you have to be able to commit a certain amount of time, not only time, but actually this is what you want to accomplish. So there's two, there's there's two basic things we want them to accomplish, either or. One is that in six months to a year, they transition to a full-time agent. The second one is that they need to be doing an averaging a minimum of one transaction to two transactions a month. It's better really- than 80% of the rest of the agents that call themselves full-time. Exactly. And I say, the reason I say that to them is, look, you love, you want to do this. So you got to commit to me, right? You got to commit to me because I'm going to commit to you. I give them a contract. Contract says I can fire them. Just not worry about money or what it, what it costs right. and anything like that. It's got nothing to do with that. But if they're not going to put the time in, I really don't want to work with them because that's the, one of the main reasons I sold my business. I didn't want to work with people that didn't want to work. Mm-hmm. Right. So the main part of the, of the first third of this, of this program is all about time blocking and time sensitivity and setting up your mindset. And I saw a little something I call time set. Basically, it's mindset versus time blocking equals mindset. You have to commit the time and you need the support of your family or whoever's going to be with you in order to do this. Because there's no sense, if you're not going to do it right, why do it at all? Yeah. If you want to try real estate, honestly, I'm not going to be able to give you that kind of time, right? Um, I'll tell you a quick story about a, a, a guy I'm working with right now. He went through all my programs, all my digital, all my digital stuff. And he, he says, yeah, Dave, I've done it all. The first, it was like over a month. So I've done it all. I get it. And I'm working on this, this, and this. He calls me up. How do I do this? How do I do that? I said, Jamel, didn't you, didn't you do this? Didn't you go through this stuff, Jim? He says, he says, yeah, I did. I says, no, you didn't. I said, now I want you to stop everything you're doing and go look at this module and redo it because you didn't do the work, right? I learned a long time ago that if you're going to spend the time and the effort to build something for someone to use as a base, they need to use it. Mm -hmm. Don't just look at it and then come and ask me the question. So my response to them is always going to be the same thing. It's in the training. It's there, right? Once they do the training, then I can coach them. So... Basically, the first third is all about separating their time. How long is their right to work? Do they have a lunch hour? Are they willing to commit that time? And it's all about uh, one little thing I call GCAP, G-C-A-P. Having a goal, which you're willing to commit to. And there's different things to do. with. There's a book called The Four C's of Commitment. Really a cool book. You should get that. And then once you have the commitment to it, you got to set the action steps up. So you've got the goal which is only an idea and a commitment because you can measure a commitment by its results and then the action steps to achieve that commitment. What's the P? Performing the action steps because you're committed to it to achieve your goal. Yeah. So we go full circle with it. If you're not going to do the work, it's basically performance is doing the work. A lot of people say, I got my plan. I got my business plan. I know what I'm going to do. I'm not ready yet. They're getting ready to get ready. Or I'm waiting for him to give me some stuff. Or I'm waiting for this. There's no waiting. There's no waiting. If you're building a sphere of influence and you think you should have 300 people on it and you've got 53, start with 53. Mm -hmm. And so it's all based on time, basically. 
Something that I just that I wrote down out of that that I think is so so critical is how you're starting with one the connection to what they're what they're willing to do. Like let's just get real. Let's get real. You've already said this is part time. So what are you committed to doing? Because people will say all the time, I'm going to do this. And then they don't. And then a lot of times we'll let them off the hook. They'll let themselves off the hook instead of going back and saying, listen, I know there's some things going on right now. Maybe this didn't work. Your schedule didn't work for this week. Now, what are you going to recommit to? So start with that. Then introduce them to mindset because I know before, before I got in this business and was exposed to a lot of the people that I've been exposed to, I knew positive thinking and all that stuff, but I didn't understand mindset. I didn't understand controlling what you actually believe you can do is the, that's what's going to create the result, just the belief in it first. And then you start talking about the skills and stuff. So you're really wanting to make sure that they connect the dots between why they're doing what they're doing, and then actually go do the stuff. Is that, am I, am I recapping that the right way? Absolutely. Absolutely. And, and, and honestly, I mean, one of the things that's, that's so important is that they understand exactly what's involved. Now, you know, I hear people say all the time that, oh, this is an easy business. Oh, this is a hard business. Oh, it's really tough. It's tough if you're not prepared, you know, and, 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 and Greg said that to me a, a, a while ago, he was on my, on my broadcast and said, you know, the problem with agents not wanting to pick up the phone or, or not being successful on the phone is they're not prepared yeah. because they haven't done the practicing. So you need to be, pre- be prepared in, in a manner of, of, of your mind first um, and understand, you know, you're going to commit the time to do this. You commit the time. I'll give you all the time you need. Yeah. Yep. You know, uh, you, you know, I talk to I talk to agents, and what I like to hear from them is is I, I remember how great it feels. I, I I now I get it more often than I used to get it. Is hey Dave, it worked. I did it. As a coach, as a person that's helping someone, what you live for. there's nothing like it. Yeah, right. You know, so that's that's what I actually that's what I love. Thank yous are nice too, <laughs> but you know, I mean, you know, um, people got to do the work, or I, you know, it's just not worth it for me. Yeah. Well, that's, I mean, that's a testament to, um, to your commitment as a coach and your commitment as a, as a leader in general is the best thing you can hear is, is somebody actually took work the process and then that changed their life just that little bit. And I know that, uh, you know, when you're, when you're getting, if you're getting part-time agents to start out and everybody else has told them no, and you're willing to put some pour into them a little bit, then you're definitely changing lives there for sure. So, um, as we kind of wrap up here, um, give me an idea of just your outlook. I mean, you guys in the Northeast are just, you're probably the, the, the last part coming out of all the COVID stuff. Um, tell me what's going on with your market and what do you anticipate for the almost now second half of the year? So, um, like you said before, the market was doing really well before we got into this and, you know, and everybody, the first couple of weeks was like, Oh shit, what do we do? Excuse me. What do we do? You know? Um, and uh, so what I believe is going to happen is uh, several different things. Number one, I believe we're going to have a nice hockey stick coming out of this. You know, mm-hmm. it's going to go like this. Um, but you're going to see some interesting things. Uh, I think there's going to be more home selling over the next three months than sell for the whole year. Um, why? Because there's going to be those people that have been stuck in their houses 
that have said, I hate this place and they need to get out of there. So they're going to sell just for that reason, just for change. Another person's going to say, well, you know what? The house isn't big enough for us. We need something bigger. Other people are going to say, you know what? If we just had this, they're going to do the work. Maybe they're yeah. doing it now, right? They're going to keep it. Um, people still going to move. People still want to downsize. People still want to upgrade. So that's going to happen. Unfortunately, you'll have some more divorces than you usually have, yeah. right? That's going to happen. Yeah. I mean, we're not hearing about the negative stuff. Yeah. You know, I we agree. can talk about that at another time, but we're not hearing about that. And there's all the other, also other terrible negative stuff that's happening too that we don't, we're not privy to, but that's fine. But there's going to be divorces and also probate. So mm -hmm. um, what I see is an increase uh, from last year uh, of about, I'm going to say about 15% in number of homes sold over last year, this year. And it's all going to happen in a really nice tight window. And the agents that have been sitting on the sidelines, for them, it's going to be a sprint. For others, it's going to be almost like the home stretch in a part of a marathon because mm -hmm. they've been running in the marathon all along. Um, my market, every town is different. We've seen an absorption rate go from five to two and a half over a manner of two months. Yeah, we've seen Incredible. we've seen a third less homes, but the same amount of homes selling. Third less homes on the market, and but the same amount as last year selling. Right. And these are some of the market statistics we're working with. Um, and, and what, a, what an agent, a great agent can do down there is do a, a live broadcast market statistics once a week, not once a month, once a week, because that's how fluid this market's going to yeah, be. As right. fluid as we were going into this quarantine, that's what the real estate market is going to be. The real estate market is going to lead the way for the economy. And hopefully our leaders will see that real estate does make the world go round. Yep. I agree. That's that's a, a great synopsis on on all those points. And you know, you and I both are in. We are in, we exchange a lot of people between our markets. And there's people now that are saying, even in our market, they're going back north because there's you know maybe they retired down here and they're like, I want to be close to my family. I just spent 90 days not being able to see anybody, not being able to hop on a plane, and they're going back home after they move down here from being up north. And so we need to do some deals between ourselves because yeah. I know, I know that's a, that's an opportunity to come up. So, um, tell me, uh, for those people that are listening, um, if they want to get a hold of you on the coaching or anything else that you provide, how do we get in contact with you? And, um, also make sure and mention, uh, because we want to make sure we support your, uh, your podcast as well. Sure. So, uh, my podcast we'll talk about first is it's something we do, um, Every Friday at 11 a.m. Eastern, it's called Real Estate Talk, TGIF. Um, this week, it will be episode 104. We've done 102 weeks in a row. Greg was on our podcast about a month or so, a couple months ago. Um, we've had, we did two extra shows. We actually had the great John Cheplak and Tom Ferry on uh, over the last year with extra shows. But uh, we're coming up on our two-year anniversary. We had our 100th show a few weeks ago. Um, and it's all about what we can, what's for, what's for real estate agents. This week, we have a great marketer by the name of Dean Jackson coming on. And next week, we're supposed to have Brad Inman. So hopefully, Brad will show up. As far as getting in touch with me, it's really simple. Go to DaveFinale.com. Um, it's my digital business card. It's got everything there. It's got a link to my site. Uh, my phone number is there. You can schedule a time to talk with me. Or if you want to reach me directly, it's 201-376-6945. But DaveFinale.com, best way to reach me. Outstanding. Well, I really appreciate you uh, you hopping back on. Enjoy the conversation. I know there's some some good stuff in there, 
And uh, for those of you that are listening, please, uh, if you would do us a favor and jump on, give us a review, um, good, bad, or otherwise, we read all the reviews and um, it helps get continue, uh, helps us continue to get great guests like Dave on here. If you have referrals up in Bergen County, right? Yep, Bergen County, yeah, New Jersey. Anywhere in um, northern New Jersey, Bergen, Essex, Hudson, Passaic, Sussex, we can take care of it. Perfect. He can take care of you there and uh, check out his coaching if you're interested in that. And um, as always, uh, appreciate you um, listening in, tuning in. Dave, thank you again and great thank luck you. for the rest of the year and everything you're doing. Thanks so much, man. It's been an honor. Talk to you soon.